So welcome to another show. Uh, today's guest is Clarissa Burt, who is an author to the Self-Esteem Regime, which is an action plan to help you become your confident self. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I am thrilled that we are here. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> we almost missed the time window, but we did it, didn't we? Awesome. Well, this is so it. We're, we're here and we can make sure that it's a great show for, for the listeners. So I'm going to start with a very basic question. What is self-esteem? Perception of self, the perception of self. So how do you think about yourself? What do you think about yourself? Uh, what are you willing to accept? What are you willing to uh, achieve? What are you willing to feel? What are you willing to fear uh, and do it anyway? Um, there are a lot of, you know, self-esteem is one of those kind of things that people go, ah, poo-poo, no big deal, but uh, it's everything. It is everything you are and everything you think uh, that you manifest, basically. So uh, when I say, what will you accept? What kind of relationships will you accept? What is it that you will allow? How will you allow yourself to be treated? What is the perception of yourself that allows you to be treated poorly or to be in a toxic relationship? So again, as you can see, I mean, we could be here all day about you know the long and the deep of how deep we want to go into self-esteem. But certainly one of the first things that I want to let you know is that when I first got back the book from the publisher, this book is published by New York City uh, publisher, so traditionally published and it, when I first got it back, is I'm going to show this to you. You'll see that it's three iterations of blue. There are three different blue triangles, right? Yeah. When I got it back in the beginning, it was pink and blue. Uh, sorry, pink and yellow and orange. And it was lovely. And it would have jumped off the shelves because my book is in the bookstores here in the United States, at Barnes and Noble. And it would have jumped off the you know the shelves in a in a bit in a huge way. Only thing I ask, the only change, and you never ask the publisher for change. You never ask a publisher for changes. It's just not done. But you know, for with traditional publishers, so would you please make those three triangles, three iterations of blue. I want men to be able to pick up this book. I want them to be able to get the same support. I want them to get the same solace, the same comfort, the same information that women get. Uh, uh, you know, that women get because you know usually it's women that are looking for you know, that kind of help. Men takes a little bit more for them to understand that personal development is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And certainly that with self-esteem, it just doesn't discriminate. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. everything everyone. Uh, um yeah, I think men are massive into self-development at the moment. I think it's such a huge movement for men to become the best version of themselves instead of chasing things if you become something, you attract something, don't you? If you become the best version of yourself, you'll attract a better partner, a better job, a better lifestyle, a better group of friends, etc. And I think one of the points that you made at the start, which is when I asked, what is self-esteem? It's your self-perception. And I love that because if you see yourself as a king, you will act how a king acts and how a king carries himself and how his demeanour um, is dictated in, in that regard. But if you see yourself as a bit of a cowboy, a bit of someone who has come from a poor background, that you let that define you. Do you find that whatever your stance or, or viewpoint is initially dictates how your behaviour acts beyond that? Well, you know, what we know about ourselves goes back to the familial tribe. Okay, what did mom teach us? What did dad teach us? Was there a mom? Was there a dad? We all have our stories, right? Was it a happy household? Was it an, in, you know, an unhappy household? What were the things that you were taught? By the by the you know the the, fa the family tribe that's really where most of the formation you know comes from and really most of the things we need to unlearn 
come from the familiar tribe because look, they love us and we love them and it's all good. I'll be home for Christmas dinner, see you on Thanksgiving, but <laughs> you know, and I love you, call you every day, but we, you know, we are, we we're indoctrinated, if you will, with their beliefs and their beliefs, where do they come from? Their parents' beliefs and back we go, right? So um, a lot of the things that we are thinking today could go back hundreds of years. I mean, I, I'm a thousand percent Irish, for example, and I know that my grandfather was one of 16, children and you know and when we got together for once a year with the entire family and it was a huge gathering they sang around sat around and sang you know old danny boy it was just one today i don't think we would i don't think they do that except on you know except on saint patrick's day so just to get to the point being we, we learn a lot about who we think we are by how we're indoctrinated and what they are telling us we are Right. Once we leave, then what have we got? We've got the you know the friends. We've got their educative institutions, all of our schooling, uh, the books that we read, and the our work environments. Also, these are all formative processes that give us, you know, the the you know who we are. And along the way, invariably, you know, we're going to run across someone we just didn't get on with. Yeah. And, and there lies that clash. We talk a lot about also emotional intelligence in the book, which is really important because that's the ability to to interpret and to understand, you know, the emotions from the sensations in your body. Right. So what is it that emotionally you're feeling? Because everybody's feeling, are you stuffing it down or you're going to actually you know, deal with it? And most people don't. Most people just go, ah, they'll laugh something off or, you know, they'll just avoid that person the next time. Or, you know, they just, you know, might write out, just decide, I hate you and I'm never going to talk to you again. You know, that kind of thing. So we really have to be mindful about, I just had a, a, a situation this morning where I was really hurt by something and someone, and I, I make a conscious decision now, Javon, that I want to make sure that when I go in there, I am calm, I'm cool, I'm collected. And I explain in a really cool way what the deal is, you know, and, and I got an absolute lovely apology because they went, you're right. I'm so sorry. I was wrong. And it's all good. So now I'm flying higher than a kite because, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would have gone in guns a blazing. So emotional intelligence is really important for us to take a deeper dive into as well. Um, so we understand what, what are the emotions? What are the triggers? Triggers are huge. Where are the triggers? Where do they trigger us? And where did those triggers come from? So, yeah. Okay. okay so, so we'll obviously throughout the, the, the conversation, we will obviously come on to ways to improve self-esteem. But what I want to, to look at, first of all, or ask your opinion on um, is where the baseline self-esteem comes from, because there has been psychological studies that suggest that it, that's formed within the first seven years of life. And it's down to how your parents treated you and how you were treated by your peers, maybe the achievements that you had. Would you agree that that's where the baseline self-esteem comes from but i just yeah it's what i what i kind of just said when i was talking about the familiar tri tribe the family tribe we know we are who we are we are formed by them by the age of five six seven we, their beliefs become our beliefs and then when we start you get out and go you know i've got a few friends hmm, their families are a little different i'm going to school wow they're teaching me a whole different thing even our faith, if we are, we, you know, a lot of us live in, in faith and they are different amongst themselves, right? What they are teaching uh, are, are, they're just, you know, different dogmas. So we, then we have the encountering of, well, that's not what I was taught. You know, my God's better than your God and all of that. So in other words, to be able to come together and just say, okay, these are all the things I've learned. What is serving me? 
what is driving me and what is making me a better person tomorrow than I am today? What do I need to unlearn? And that's what I said, mom, I love you, dad, I love you. Thanks for everything. But as I'm leaving the familiar home and I'm going out on my own, and this happened to me quite a few different times, there was a little bit of culture shock or there might've been a little bit of, you know, wow, I didn't have the tools in the shed at the time that I needed to be able to affront any and all situations, right? There, I just didn't have that. And a lot of people really don't. And, you know, we have to remember also that life will continue to trigger us. You know, people say, well, can't you just uh, learn self-esteem and you're good to go? Yeah, don't work that way. And uh, you never get, you know, take a self-esteem test and, you know, you get a hundred and you don't have, no, it doesn't work that way because life is life and it ebbs and flows and it will, you know, there's going to be a storm coming through. You're going to get that hurricane, that tornado, whatever it is. And as it comes through your life and quick sidebar, the last two years of my life have been some of the worst ever, <laughs> um, you know, here it comes here. Here comes that storm. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, hold on. I might lose a leaf or two. I might even lose a branch, but if I have the proper tools in the shed, I know that I'm not going to be uprooted with the storm and carried away. I'm going to stand strong in my stead and I'm going to be very firmly rooted in, uh, in the knowing that I'm going to be okay because because I love me, because I love life, because I have the tools in the shed, because I've done my work. You know, when I started uh, reading, and this is long before, you know, you were born here in the United States, we had three different, uh, you still have them in, in the UK, you have three different, um, uh, you know, bookshops that you, you probably frequent. And we had them here as well. And as I was growing, and this is pre-computer, pre-internet, pre-anything else, I would go to the bookstores because I just couldn't get enough of what they called self-help. It was the self-help section and it was not very big at all. <laughs> it was like, there were very few books in this self-help section. Today, as I walk through Barnes and Noble and proudly see my book on the shelves, it is, it's a never ending, like rows and rows and rows of personal development. So what does that tell us? that we are always looking for, we're always, as I said before, looking for support, looking for answers, looking for betterment, looking for the why, you know, things are the way are. Why am I the way that I am? You know, yeah. I, I was able to, to find through personal development, I was able to find out that I'm an extra sensitive person and it's a thing. And I didn't know that. And there's a doctor who, you know, anyway, I digress when I tell you, you are constantly going to be on your educative process. You are always going to be uh, leveling up. And what you really want to be doing all the time is empowering yourself. Yeah. Love it. I think because there's an internal locus of control, isn't there, versus an external locus of control. And a bit like yourself, you know, I'm always reading about philosophy, psychology, self, self-help, etc. But let's talk about your book within that remit of self-help. Why did you write the book? Two-part question, really. Why did you write the book? And what are the, as you've referred to, the four pillars that make up self-esteem? Yeah. Okay. I wrote the book because for, it's been, I've been wanting to write it for a long time. And I did a keynote speech about five years ago on somebody, Gary, who co-wrote the book with me, Gary Krebs, because uh, I'm never going to sit down and write the book. It was going to be in my head forever. You know, I just don't have the patience to do it. And I did a keynote. And as I got off the stage, he said, I want to write your book. And I went, let's do it. And we did. And we wrote this book quickly. We wrote it in about nine months time because the publishers were already, you know, very excited about, about what, you know, what the concept of the book was. And uh, I wrote it because I, I, I was so frustrated uh, of, of seeing, especially women, 
um, that were undervaluating themselves. I mean, they were just, it, it used to just drive me crazy because I would have a perception of them and they had a completely different perception of themselves. I'll give you an example. My mother, beautiful woman, beautiful lady. Um, I, you know, she got pregnant with me in high school, right out of high school. I had to get married early. Um, she was extremely intelligent. My mother was beautiful. Lady. Don't take a picture of me. Don't take a picture of me. Oh, I come out horrible in pictures. And I thought, I see her as being so beautiful. What would drive her to not want to be in front of a camera? And by the way, in the 1950s, cameras were not all that. They still had flash bulbs and, you know, I mean, but she didn't want to get in front of a camera uh, and was certainly living in a toxic relationship. Those were, those were the times you didn't get divorced then. My grandmother, beautiful woman, grandmom decides one day, she's like 44, 47 years old. I got to lose weight. She didn't need to lose an ounce. Grandma takes two diet pills, swallows them, chokes on them, perforates her esophagus and winds up six weeks in the hospital. And I thought to myself, well, that was, you know, that was so silly because I see her as such a lovely lady, such a beautiful lady. What is it that she sees that doesn't see that I see? And on it goes, right? I was able to, and I'll show you quickly, just, you know, oh no, that's all right. I was able to work with some of the most beautiful women in the world when I was modeling. And, and even there, I noticed that there was, you know, discontent and toxic relationships and not all of them, please, not everyone. But I noticed that there was, I'm looking at some of these girls going, wow, you really have it all. Uh, you know, here you are out the world, traveling, beautiful fashion, you know, the whole, you know, bling, bling. And uh, it was just a really, really cool place to be. And somehow they were still unhappy. And I figured, I figured, I was like, what is it that's connecting the supermodels? on the runways of the world and my mom back in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And of course the answer is lack of happy, healthy self-esteem. It's low self-esteem. So I knew that it, because it, it was so frustrating to me. And of course I went through my own process of having low self-esteem. Um, I'll show you real quick. You know, that's a picture of what I used to look like when I was in school. And as I was in school looking like this, I was looking at the big screen movie stars. I wanted to be a, a gardener. I wanted to be Rita Hayworth, you know, I wanted, I, that's, and I never thought it would ever happen. It just wasn't going to happen for me looking that way. Well, you know, thank God for the ugly duckling thing. And, you know, you get through um, some awkward moments in life. And I was then able, I was very tall and thin and, and I was able to, you know, to live my very first dream, never thinking that I could. So even when you think you can't, if you really want, if you do the work, if you never give up, you know, as I say, you can either get, uh, get what do they say? Give up, give in, or give it all you got. Those are the three. That's it. You either give up, either give in, or you give it all you got. And I did. I gave it all I got. I moved into New York City and I did what was required. I had some pictures taken and whatever else. And I was lucky, certainly, um, to be able to, um, to, to, to do the, you know, my dream work, right? Um, so, the, the four pillars of self-esteem then are look good, feel good, be good, and greater good. So look good is the exterior. It's who we are on the exterior. And if there's something that we want to, uh, that we can, you know, enhance, I don't say completely, you do you. But I know that with a little bit of makeup and my hair in a proper place, I've got a lilt in my step and I'm feeling a little bit better about myself. You know, nice dress, whatever else. We look in the mirror, we go, hmm, okay, looking good, you know. Yeah. Everybody works. Everybody wants to look nice, you know, yeah. it's just to, for themselves, not for others. Remind, you know, don't forget, 
but looking good for yourself. Look good, feel good, feel good. Diet, exercise, nutrition, making yeah. sure that you're treating your temple really, really well. You get one body in this lifetime and certainly we want to be doing the best that we possibly can, treating it really, really well. Look good, feel good, be good. Be good is relationships, leadership, your finances, your business, all of the other things that make you tick, that you know you bring to the table, that really you're impassioned by. And then the greater good is paying it forward, paying back, tithing, volunteering, doing the right thing. And, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be broad stroke. People say, gee, I, I barely have enough to, you know, money at the end of the month to get. Well, that's fine. We're not talking always about money here. It could be a smile. It could be a gesture. It could be holding an elevator door for somebody, letting somebody in in traffic, a smile, a compliment. Helping someone down the stairs, you know, a lady down the stairs with a baby carriage, um, getting up for uh, the elderly on public transportation or a pregnant, a pregnant woman. So, yeah, I mean, all kinds of different ways that we can be living our greater good. And the first, you know, that's really kind of a, a really uh, it's the it's a real quick boost in self-esteem because it's a win win. Yeah. You know, you've, you know, you've really you, you feel good because you made somebody else feel good. Yeah. And I love yeah, it's, it's it's like um, what you give to others, you get back back to yourself. And if you give good, you you are doing good to yourself as well, aren't you? In 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 that fashion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, and we have to always remember that it. You know, we have to remember that you know it's our birthright um, to live in a peaceful home. Uh, a lot of people don't. So if you're living in a toxic way, I'm going to invite you to really take a look at that because life is a really beautiful place to be. Seems a little difficult, you know, in these last couple of years, but this shoot too shall pass. But, you know, so much more, so much can be done with, with, you know, a smile and a happy face and, and being in a happy place. You deserve to be loved. Yeah. Do you think it comes back to belief though? Like, eh? like if you believe that the world is a bad place, you're more likely to see bad things. You could come back to your, um to your family member who was, essentially saying that she does not look good on camera. If that is your belief and that your perception, does that then make you feel bad and make you then look worse on camera? So is there, is it all down to mentality first or is it other things that build that mentality or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think that, you know, mom had, it was also, I think that it was this, it was a it potentially a sense of, you know, vanity not being okay looking at yourself and, and feeling good about yourself, not okay. Um, and I don't want to place blame on anyone, but, you know, mom did go to 12 years of the Catholic nuns and they were in uniforms every day. And of course, you know, the Catholic religion in the fifties, whole different place to be. Right. Um, and so you really weren't supposed to be attractive as a girl. And, you know, you weren't, you know, you had to have your knees covered, you know, all of the, the old mores of the past. <clears throat> and so the indoctrination there was, you're not supposed to be attractive for, uh, for men, you know, no, no attention seeking, I guess is what that is. And I think that that kind of played into that a little bit with mom. And so but mom is, you know, she's just a lovely, lovely, lovely lady. And she has been, um, she's been a real a catalyst for me in many different ways. But certainly, again, going back to that whole indoctrination piece, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what serves and what doesn't. And I make sure that my mother knows, every, you know, as many times as I can tell her just how lovely she is and how beautiful she is and how great she looks in pictures. I don't know where the pictures are right now. But if I were to show you one, you go, wow, she really looks good in pictures. And I'd say, yeah, I know. She never thought so. It's really difficult to get her in front of a camera. But it's just, 
you know, that's just the way. So I looked at that, you know, now what was I supposed to think as her firstborn? Oh, then I don't want pictures taken of me either. (laughs) Didn't work out that way, did it? You know, and then my father, I mean, back in the day, there was, you know, there were, there was a lot of back in the day, you know, the Irish and the Italians in the United States, I don't know about anywhere else, but here they, you know, they're really back in the day, they didn't get along. And if you ever watched the movie, the gangs of New York, you'd know what I'm talking about. So they just, they didn't like one another. And there was a lot of, you know, racial slurs back in the day. Those were the big, you know, the big things like the Irish were the mix and they were the drunks and the Italians were the wops and the dagos and, you know, all these horrible names that, you know, they were placing on other, uh, on different, um, on different nationalities. And my dad as an Irishman would use frequently, you know, it's the use, it's what they used to do uh, toward the Italians. Where did I go and live for 30 years of my life? In Italy. <laughs> so just to give you an idea of the 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 teachings, are you're there and you're going to listen to it, but it doesn't mean you can't change it once you're able. And yeah. um, no shame, no blame, and no guilt once you do. But isn't it a case of your self-esteem being linked to the net position of your own self-perception, the perception of others, the perception of society of a whole because as you said if if you are constantly being talked down on and let's say that you're not very productive at work and you're always getting uh, grades at the bottom of the class doesn't matter really in some respects how much you value yourself the external reality also has an impact would you agree that that's the case first of all it's none of your business what anybody else thinks about you that's none of your business at all you give it no credence you give it no weight you give it no power Number one. Number two, if you're coming in at the bottom of your class, I'm going to guess you're in the wrong class. And that only that only means where are your strengths? You are in the you're in a class that is teaching you things that I, I couldn't get. I mean, I mean, I did all right in school. I did you know well-ish. I sure did not like math. I was completely right-brained. I had no left brain at all. I still really don't. I don't want to have anything to do with contracts, lawyers. Uh, accounting sheets, graph. I don't want to have anything to do with anything that is math. Okay. So I knew that when I was going to school, there were classes that I absolutely loved. Couldn't wait to get into history and geography and home ec- economics. I loved all of that. But as soon as I had to walk into a geometry class, oh boy. And my, and you can feel it in your body. You can, and going back to the emotional intelligence you can feel it in your body. Yeah, I'm going to home ec. Yeah, I can't wait to get into wood shop or whatever. And then you have to go to tr- you know, trigonometry and you're like, oh, yeah, you got to get to trig class. It's, it's, it's a thing. And so yeah. if you're at the bottom of your class, Jivan, I'm going to say you're in the wrong class. There is something you're passionate about. There's something that you're going to be really good at. And that's the class you need to be getting into as soon as you can. Yes, you have to go through your schooling. You have to do all of that. But don't let them teach you while you're there that you're not good. I wasn't good at doing. I'm still not good at doing a lot of things. Oh, well, but I'm really good at what I'm good at. And I love that. That's where I shine. That's where I soar. And, and And I invite everyone to find where is it you're passionate? What is it you really do love? Well, do more of that. Yeah, 100%. It's like the, the old adage of a fish is ability to climb a tree, isn't it? And if we look at individuals who, as you said, are passionate about something and have the skill set for it, they're the people with the highest self-esteem because life seems to be going great for them. Everyone wants to, to, to speak with them and, and get their services. 
Do you think that's a massive part of life in general, being able to find what that thing is that's going to build your self-esteem up? All day, every day. All day, every day. And, you know, self-esteem, as I said before, isn't something you take a test and you're you're good. You never have, no. The triggers are there. They're going to be there. The daily demons are going to come in. And we talk about the daily demons in the book. They're always going to be pulled. And all that you have to do is, you know, be very, very careful. Stay in the positive mindset and just let them know there's no more place and no more space for the negative talk. You know, the other thing that we have these days that, you know, we didn't have back in my day, but we do now is social media. And the constant comparisons that are being made between my life and the life that I see is somebody else leaving. Well, you know, I'm going to say, you know, first of all, you know, self-esteem 101, never compare yourself to anybody else. You haven't walked a mile in their shoes. You have no idea what they're really going through and be really, really happy that you get to be you. That is like one of the coolest damn because you get to write, you get to write the film, the, the script, you get to, you know, choose the actors, you get to produce the film, you get to distribute it. Your life is yours. It's not theirs. And by the way, again, they may look better. They might, you know, be richer, whatever it is you're, you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, you're comparing yourself to, but you really don't know what's going on with them. I mean, I've seen some really, really people, perception again, being, you know, being, not being reality. I've seen some people that I thought were extremely, like really had their act together and always, and the next thing you know, you know, um, something, you know, you find out in some way, some way that, you know, it's a perception is, it really wasn't what you thought it was, right? This happens to us frequently. Social media then, you know, is one of those kind of things that we have to be very careful of because, you know, these filters are fake as, you know, self-esteem, uh, sorry, the uh, um, Dove self-esteem project, Dove, uh, came out last week with a, with a whole new concept, a whole new project that I absolutely adore. And I want to make sure I get this right. And that was, it's called hashtag no digital distortion, hashtag turn your back and hashtag toxic influence. And that is because like 40% of girls under the age of 13 now are using these filters that are making them look completely different than what, what reality is. And, and I think it's called the, the um, glamour filter. I believe it's glamour, glamour filter, something like you can find it on TikTok, you can find it on Instagram. And so uh, a lot of the you know it's, uh, models, um, a lot of different companies have jumped on board with Dove and said, uh-uh, we're not allowing this to happen anymore because it's not reality. And so our young, our youth are, are, are on social media every day and they're comparing themselves to things that are not real and, and not certainly not reality. How to then? So with that, if we just extrapolate that a little bit further, with with social media, as you've said, there's there's extreme ends of the scale, aren't there? In some respects, where there's a, a ten out of ten male or female that has lower self esteem than someone who is a one out of ten, but for some reason has higher self esteem. Do you think it comes down to an overall underachievement, or as you said earlier on in the conversation, an overall oh. undervaluation of yourself relative to where you are? I think, you know, first of all, every case is, is individual, you know, and, and certainly um, it, please know that when you do the, my book is an, what I call it's for me, it's a manual, but self-esteem for me is a mission and it's a movement. I really want to see this take off in a big, big way. 
And it's an easy read, right? So when you take the book, it's an easier read. It's not like a heavy read. You're not going to be reading. You're going to be doing the work. It's a manual. It's a. It's almost a workbook. Um, when you're going through the, the, the book to read these 12 chapters, we start with release, which is what I told you about before. And every chapter starts with a re word. So release, what do you need to let go of? What's not serving you? What do you need to unlearn? Uh, the second chapter is rebuild. So we're rebuilding, right? We start from like ground zero. Okay, where are we? Where are we starting from? Where are we going? Of course, everybody's going to to rebuild and release in different ways, right? Everybody's got their own their own set of um, of circumstances. What I will tell you is, you are going when you start to do the work. Better be ready for some major change, because so, if you're if you're picking up personal about development books, it's probably because you're you're there because you're probably not that thrilled with the way life is or the way it's going or you want to be changing things and how do you do that you are going to need tenacity you're going to need courage because when you start doing the work you will see how the toxic relationships fall away how you are going to have to start forging a new path for your new happy positive self the the light at the end of the tunnel when you get, you know, when you get started, there's a little teeny light, right? It's there. But the more work you do and the closer you move forward, the bigger, the bolder, the brighter, and the more beautiful this light really becomes. And so that's why I say you have to really be ready. You've got to be really courageous uh, and stand forthright because it's going, some of it's going to be uncomfortable and some of it might be downright painful. It's up to you. And some people plow through pain in, 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 in with no issue at all. And some people takes them a little bit. Some people might pick it up, read the chapter and go, oh, hell no. And put it down for a week. You know, I go, oh, I'm not doing that. And then come back to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. If I want to move forward, I got to do that. So it's it's really it's it's really an individual, Every everyone being different. But everyone will be the same in that there are no shortcuts when you really want to be your best you, when you want to be in service to yourself and others. Um, I, you know, I always start off by saying, oh, you know, what is it that you, you know, think is really, important? well, what's really important? What are your value systems? Your value system is really who you are. Um, and mine is what I call taking the high road. And that is honesty, integrity, living in gratitude and, and with honor. So, you know, honesty, radical, radical honesty with yourself and with others. And if you can't be radically honest, you might, you know, that's like, it's one of the greatest things you will ever be is an honest person. You know, I think that that really, really, truly carved, it carves a really deep path into, into, you know, self-esteem, being honest with, with everyone, because that makes you honest, it makes you dependable, it makes you reliable, it makes you trustworthy, makes you so many lovely things. Integrity, moral principles, your moral up uprightness, right? It's is so huge. These are like some of the biggest words for me, integrity, living in integrity. Oh, wow. Is that, one of, is that one of your main tactics um, within the regime or is there something else that is equally um, a, a, as, as important as that or, or greater than that? Well, I think it's, you know, it, it really comes down to the quality of your decisions that determines the quality of your life, right? And so for me, taking the high road has been really, really important. And again, honesty, so H, integrity, I, G, gratitude. 
Oh, I don't know if anybody's sitting around bitching, moaning and complaining today about their lives. Let's take a look at what's going on in the Ukraine. Let's take a look at what just happened in Turkey. Let's take a look at how so many people that are, you know, really not doing well, uh, that are terminally ill. Let's take a look at what people, you know, that are really having difficult, really going through difficult times. Yeah. Right? So if we can't come up with five things that we're really, you know, living gratitude for right now. Then I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Because I, I I actually write down things I'm grateful for every day because right. ev- everything you've got in your life and I've got in my life, someone else is jealous of. You know, I've got hair. I, I own a house. I have a dog. Um, I've got my own show. I've got a book out, and obviously you've got a book out. And you can you can list off a hundred different things. You know, you've got legs. There's people who don't even walk. You live in a, a Western country with the, 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 that's wealthy. Yes. You yes. know, there's, there's 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 literally hundreds and hundreds of things. And if you can't Put yourself in a positive mind frame to be grateful for those things Absolutely. and have a positive perspective of your life and have well, the- here's one here's one i'll give you how about running water yeah exactly let's just start at the beginning let's talk about roof over our head warm blankets let's talk about a full pantry a full tummy look we could be here all day on the things that we have to be grateful for so if you're bitching moaning and complaining i suggest you really start reading books like this. Really, really start taking a good look about what what is what and what's not, and then give yourself a good, you know, swift kick in the ass and get moving. And yeah. then the last day, last age is honor. Um, who are you when nobody else is in the room? Who are you really? Like, well, how are you honoring yourself and how are you honoring others? And uh, and that doesn't mean I don't mean that in a military way. I don't mean that in any other way. Honor is, I think, one of the most important words in the English language, along with honesty and integrity. These are ri- so that is, those are my that. So anyone can you can certainly you know borrow mine, use them, or you can come up with other you know values that are you know th- really that important to you. So and live by them. Again, remember, I want to be a better person tomorrow than I am today. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to do that because I'm going to be honest with myself and everyone else. I'm going to live in integrity because I know what my moral uprightness and my my, my principles are. I'm going to be living in gratitude. I do that all day long, every day. I mean, I thank the air that I breathe. And I also am going to live in honor because I know who I am when no one else is in the room. Yeah. Definitely. And when you start living like this and you start adapting these principles i tell you your life will change dramatically and boy what you start calling in is it and and buckle up because stuff's gonna start moving and it's gonna move fast when you start the journaling process when you start we have also the mirror therapy process in the book where you actually talk to yourself in the mirror and go oh my god Clarissa, i would never do that that's ridiculous what are we talking about now that's just crazy you're it's the most impactful exercise in the book when you you start looking into that mirror and you start you're not looking at the mirror you're looking in the mirror whole different ball game it's something that um that professional athletes do as well they look in the mirror they they give themselves self-talk affirmations um um uh self uh what's the other word i'm looking for like self-reflection, self-confidence. Yeah, self-confidence, auto-suggestion, all these sorts of things that put themselves in a positive mind frame. Because at the end of the day, look, this is what the average person does. They'll say, I'm fat, I'm ugly, and you know, I'm I'm not wealthy, I don't have many friends, I'm X, Y, and Z. And if you continue to talk like that, you'll then have a lower self-esteem, which will then put you in a worse position moving forward, as opposed to being positive with yourself. And going in a, a positive direction versus negative negative direction. So, would you say that the first active step someone should take is the mirror based approach? 
Well, I mean, either I can't remember exactly what chapter it comes in, but yeah, if you want to jump in feet first, go right ahead. Just take, you know, know that when you start to do the 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 self let's call it self talk into into the mirror, uh, stuff's going to come up. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable. You're probably going to want to do this when nobody else is at home. You know, yeah. You might even want to have a tissue close by, um, because when you start to say things like, "Hi." I just want to tell you that I really like you. No, you know what? I really love you. And, you know, I forgive you. And I'm so proud of you for, you know, whatever, the, you know, the way you made that presentation at the, you know, the interview the other day or whatever it is. And you really start to talk with yourself to yourself. Again, not looking in, at the mirror, but looking in the mirror because you're looking into your own eyes. And I tell you, when you do that, boy, does it hit your soul fast. And remembering also that every every word uttered is energy, right? So yeah. thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. Yeah. And they are energy. And that is what you're putting out. Whatever you put out, be really, really careful because it's coming back. So yeah. it will come back. Through, I call it the universe. You all can call it whatever you'd like. But the universe hears you. And if you keep going, oh, universe, why me? I don't understand why I am. Well, the universe is going to say, here, I'm going to show you why. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think of it in this way. It's like if if your if your uh, parents gave you something and they gave you a PlayStation, they gave you a car, and you say, "Oh, this is t- I don't want this. This is nothing. This is nothing." After a while, they're going to stop giving you things. So if you're like, they give you a bag of sweets, you're like, "Thank you so much for these sweets." They might be like, "Right, this guy really appreciates it. We'll give him more stuff and more stuff." And I think it's very much reflective of of, of that um, in some respects. Yeah. So and don't be afraid. Of just do the work. Just do it. Like, look, we are not on this planet for a really long time, and in the grand scheme of things, we're here for a flash. You'd be ninety-eight years old, and those ninety-eight years, notwithstanding, are still a flash in time. You are not here that long. And the other, you know, the other thing I'd like to to, to just to say is, you can do anything until you can't. Yeah. You can do anything until you can't, and and that you can take it any way you will. Here, but I will t- I will offer this up. Who is it that you need to make amends with? Who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to pick up a phone and talk to? Who do you need to send that email to? Who do you need to send that text to? Who is it that you might have forgotten along the way? Who is it you need to thank? Who is it that hurt your feelings and you made a big deal out of it, but you really miss them and you want why not make the first move? Look, if you don't make that first move, they may never. Uh, and even if you make the first move and never hear anything back. You still, it's a, still a really good starting point, you know, for learning more about yourself, what you're capable of doing, what you're capable of feeling and knowing that, you know, you made the move, you, you know, that is really good. That's good juju right there. It's just really good yeah. stuff. So if they're meant to be in your life, it will happen. It will come back together. And here's the other thing. What if, you know, and because life being life doesn't mean everybody's here forever. And how many times have we heard, oh God, if I could have only said, if I could have only had five more minutes, if I could have only done that one more hug, if I could have only said I was sorry, if I would have only told them how I really, I never said I love you. You know, we hear this frequently. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That, well, that's the regret of, so so there's two regrets. One is that you do something and you met and you fuck up essentially. And the other is regretting having not done something. And when we don't do something and there's always that lack of clarity of, well, what could have happened? What if this had happened? And that's always a lot worse than regretting doing something and it not being the right thing. But what if 
So let's, for argument's sake, someone has listened to what you've said today and they've said, you know what, I'm going to do the gratitude work. I'm going to look into the mirror. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to do the self-talk. I'm going to do the self-improvement. I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to find what I'm passionate about and, and do all of that, as well as all the other bits that you've mentioned, Um, you know, making up with people and being honest and inte- integrity and gratitude, all of the 50, 60 different points you've made. Can they ever get that perfect level of self-esteem? I mean, you know, what's perfect? <laughs> what's per- Describe perfect and describe what's perfect for you and what's perfect for me, you know, and describe, look, <clears throat> I had a really uncomfortable m- moment this morning. I'm going to lie. I had a really uncomfortable moment this morning because my, you know, my business, I got some news. It just, you know, my business just kind of went, whoa, okay, pivot. What am I going to do? I have no idea what's happening. But yesterday, I was with my mom and I was just like, you know, mom, I, you know, I had a moment with my mom and it was just, I was, you know, feeling discomfort feeling some discomfort about you know things that are happening and and, and why you know happening in my time well your timing is not the universe's timing you know and it doesn't always work work out in your time and here's why i started to get really really cool when i was you know silly silly example but to give you to get to the point you know when i'm driving i'm a fast driver i kind of like to drive and if somebody gets in my ah you know i don't have patience for slow drivers and all that and then i started to realize you know i think it happened once that had, had I been going in that moment any faster, I would have potentially been in the accident I saw ahead. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's it's not what happens to you, is it? It's how you view things that ha- that matters. Oh, I realized that it was not my time, and because it was a it was that there were fatalities. It wasn't my time yet to go and that the universe knew exactly what it was doing when it put that old fogey in front of me in that car that was going slower than I wanted it to go. So if you take that as a case in point and understand that that's basically how it's working all of the time, the universe has got your back. You've got it. You've got it, you know, put in your work, but know that if it's not happening in your timing, It's, it's not your business. You have to know what you want to do, how it's going to get done is the universe's business. When it's yeah. going to get done is the universe's business, I should say. Yeah. So, yeah. Life doesn't happen to you, does it? It happens for you, as the as the saying goes. Remember, this is a really great uh, quote that comes from a woman by the name of Emma Chur- Churchman. And it goes like this. Worrying is praying for what you do not want. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, I love it. So what are we worrying about? Stop worrying and put that energy, because remember... That's a thought. <laughs> it's energy going out in the universe. That worry. Don't worry. It's like the Stoics say as well. They say, what is the point in thinking about or, or, or preempting evil before it happens? It's like, what's the point in you thinking about evil that could happen before it happens? That's just a sign of madness. And for most people, because, as you said, they are on the social media, reading the news, they see all the negative. They aren't right. doing self-reflection. They aren't doing these active habits because at the end of the day, we are our habits over a period of time. If we go running every day after the end of 12 months, we're going to be in a better shape. We are eating two bags of, as you call them, chips, crisps a day and 17 sodas, as, again, yeah. as you call it. Where are you going to be in 12 months? And it goes the same with the self-esteem, doesn't it? Where Let's are you going about, to be in 12 months? About boundaries. Big one, huge one. <laughs> really difficult for most people. Most people think that when you're setting up a boundary, first of all, what is that? It's the way it's the way you teach people that you will and will not be treated. 
number one. Number two, boundaries. Wow. People most, a lot of people think, ah, oh, you got to get angry and you got to get pissed off and you got to get, you know, raise your voice and you got it means nothing of the sort because, you know, <laughs> the more you yell and scream, the more you know, people aren't really going to take in what you really want to say. So bring that way down and then <clears throat> create your boundaries and say, hey, listen, can we talk for a second. What you just did, what you just said, whatever. Um, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And would you mind just, you know, like, can we not? And, and most people would say, oh man, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. And I know you didn't. And that's great. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Thanks a lot. Done. And if they continue to do it, then you've got an issue. You know, if they continue to not, or if they go, oh, you're nuts, you're crazy, don't be so sensitive yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I don't know. I want to be respect. Look, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. And we all want to be understood. And if you were to say to me, hey, listen, I'll make it up as I go. You know, when you said that thing to me about, you know, um, hating the color of my dog, <laughs> whatever, yeah. I'll make it up as I go, you know, I kind of love my dog. And like, what's wrong with my dog's color? And I'll go, you know, I go, oh God, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I just, you know, I, I don't know how I meant that. And I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Okay, done. But if tomorrow you say, you know, that dog really is an ugly color. I mean, I, I do it every day. You've got a chew on your hands. It's something then you have to decide if you want to keep this person in your life or if you want to like start, you know, moving them out a little bit to, to the periphery, right? So, and that's a silly example. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very silly. But I think you get the point where, yeah. you know, um, um, some, some people can do and say some very, very hurtful things. A lot of the times they don't know that they're hurting us. And a lot of times they do. So that's where the boundaries will come in very handy for you as you are deciding how you will and will not be treated. And I will tell you that if anyone is putting their hands on you, screaming at you and demeaning you, you've got a problem, you got an issue. And I would start worrying about getting out. And as a quick sidebar here in the United States, um, I've spoken many times about domesticshelters.org. Um, they have a plethora of information to help anybody get out of domestic violence and domestic abuse situations. And by the way, that's men and women. Um, but yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really passionate about that because I just, you know, life is too damn short to be living unhappily. And yeah. uh, is, is that why it's important to have the right people around you, whether that's friends, family, some sort of support group network or anything along those lines? Yeah. yeah. And remember this too. You're never going to be good enough for the wrong person. Yeah, love it. So don't internalize rejection. Don't internalize their words. Don't internalize their, you know, their, 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 their just look, we don't do mean. No, no, we don't do mean. Mean? No. No. Mean, mean doesn't get in here. Doesn't get in. Doesn't, doesn't even pass. <coughs> What's going on? Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be your own advocate. You have to advocate for yourself. And therein, as I said before, you're going to need the courage. And sometimes it's going to be hard because it's easier to, it's not, you know, you, I call it uh, personal uh, um, empowerment. Some people go with, you know, empowerment, <laughs> you know, like they cower down and they, you know, they, no, 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 no. Stand strong, stand tall. And, um, and, you know, and do it with with ease, joy, grace, and glory for the as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean, then, things, everyone wants to be courageous, don't they? But what they don't understand is that courage is not 
having a lack of fear it's having fear and still moving forward and that's where it comes down to being big being strong having that self motivation that self-belief as opposed to letting the fear essentially win we've talked a lot about obviously the book the pillars the the mirroring side of things um support groups self-talk self-esteem gratitude all all of the, the key things is there anything else that you feel that we've not discussed that you would really love to to share with the audience i am enough so we've got this, you know, this thing going around. I am enough. You are enough. We are enough. Everybody's enough. 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 Oh, everybody said I am enough. Well, if you look up the 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 description or the definition of enough, it's only as much as is required. Now, I don't know required by whom or required by oh, is there a panel on require? I don't know. Like, what does that even mean? Only as much as is required. But I will tell you this. When you can get to the point and you say, I am so much more than is required. I am so much more than is required. I don't even know what required means. <laughs> then, then you know you're on a really good good path and keep on that path. You know, keep keep going. Keep keep yourself in that really happy, healthy, self-esteem kind of place. And again, it's not gonna be easy. Life's gonna trigger, things are gonna come out, relationships come and go, you know, people get fired from jobs, uh, you know, someone you know that you love dearly may pass. It's life. Life is going to happen. But when you do have, you know, books like mine in, you know, uh, that you've read, you've held dear, that you've held close, that you've read over and over, maybe, you know, sometimes you're going to read this book once, uh, my book, and, you know, you're going to get a lot out of it the first time. And then maybe in a year's time, you'll pick it up again, because maybe next year, you've got a whole new set of things you need to release, and a whole new set of things you need to rebuild. And that's life. We are in constant evolution. Hallelujah. We are free, and we are in constant evolution. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things that you said there with, with death and the job, for example, and obviously that can put you in a, a poor mental state, but it's all about how you're viewing things, I, I think. So obviously death in the family, don't be sad it's over, be happy that it happened, be happy that you met these people, the job thing, don't be sad that you've no longer got a job. Think of the the exciting opportunity of finding a new job close to home with more pay, more flexibility, a job that you actually enjoy doing. So for, for for two people, Mr. Smith and Mrs. Jones, they can have the same experience, but take something completely different from it. One negative, one positive. And over a period of time, they have a completely different level of self-esteem from, you know, let's say from a zero to 10 perspective. After five events, one moves from a five average to a three and one moves from a five to a seven. Um, and it's yeah. how you look at things and as you said all the other bits that that form that manual that regime that that structured process that's going to help you get from whatever level you are at to that much higher level yeah and so let me close as we're sorry. closing let me let me go into this piece to make because it's really important you know the cdc has put out now some really alarming statistics and some of the statistics i gave you before you know um with the, all these you know 48 percent of girls are using all these filters and not really you know loving themselves the, the way they are they've got to they feel that they have to completely you know change the way or really embellish upon the way they look in order to um in order to be accepted and acceptable right the cdc put put out recently some some stats that are really scary and it's something along the lines of you know 50 percent if not more of our kids in schools from you know middle school high school and college age are either um anxious depressed 
contemplating suicide or have committed suicide. And I know they say on aliving themselves today, of course. Um, uh, but, but but just to give you an idea of how sad that is, how sad that truly is, and how we need to be continually, you know, upping our game so that we can help those around us as well. Maybe it's a niece, maybe it's a, uh, you know, our our own children, maybe it's the next door neighbor, whomever it may be. We want to be able to be in a place to give good love and good attention, keep our ear to the ground. Should we see that, you know, some of our kids are not, or not, and, and the whole online bullying thing, we've got to be, you know, really in touch with our kids about what's happening. Lots of times the kids don't want to talk to the elders. We really have to kind of gently stay within the parameter, right? And make sure, and if something really goes wrong, obviously take, take the drastic steps. They're saying that young professionals now are, are not emotionally ready for the workplace. That's scary because we've got a whole new onslaught of kids that are coming up that is say here, 51% said they needed help for uh, um, mental health problems in the last year. 43% have suffered anxiety, 31 depression, 53 reported feeling burnt out at least once a week. 38% view their work environment as a negative contributor to their well-being, and 39% say that the college did not help them prepare emotionally for the future. When we go back and continually talk about emotional intelligence. Remember, I talked about it before. When we go back and we talk about having the tools in the shed to be prepared, this is preparation. Personal development is preparation for life. It's preparation for work. It's preparation for relationships. It's again, having those, those tools in the shed that I talked about when that storm comes through. Love it. If anyone wants to reach out to you, the book, you individually, how can they go about finding you? Well, I know that I'm on Amazon in the UK, so that's pretty simple to do. And then to find me, you can find me pretty much on any social except Snapchat. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll leave those uh, links in the description anyway, so people can reach out to you. Um, again, any final comments? Um, just, you know, just do the, do the right thing by yourself, do the right thing by, um, you know, picking up these kinds of books. I'm not here to hawk my books. Certainly I think it's a great book, but you know, spend more time in the personal development section. Uh, take the, this is called, you know, this is self-help. It's not shelf help. All right. Yeah. So if you buy the book and put it on the shelf or you leave it on the bedside and now actually pick it up, read it a chapter at a time, <coughs> ponder it, write, write your thoughts down. Get yourself support groups. They're everywhere now. You know, meetup.com. You can go anywhere and find what are you really interested in? What floats your boat? What are you passionate about? You know, and find find people that are like-minded, that are good-hearted people uh, that do live in service of, to themselves and to others. Um, and, you know, you're, you know, 90% of the way there. Well, thank you very much again, because I've I've definitely learned something. So I know that all the listeners definitely have as well. Um, so thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much too.